It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT. Back in Vegas. A little bit overcast. A little bit rainy. Back from Maui in a couple of days. Trip was great. No one cares about my trip. They care about you and the Raider Nation and how you doing. And we got the Raiders front and center on the flagship of the Silver and Black. And we are live on YouTube, which my son had to give me a quick tutorial over FaceTime to get me to set it up again. But hopefully you can catch us on YouTube. Uh, Go to JT the Brick YT, see what we're doing. And hope everybody had a good little post-Super Bowl. Obviously, I needed to get out of Dodge after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in our building, where I'm a season ticket holder. Needed to uh, press pause after about going eight days hardcore with a lot of cool things from everything we did on Radio Row. Thanks to Q Myers for setting it up. Everybody on Lotus who helped out along the way, all the producers, the editors, Bobby. Everybody after that, we had to get through the game. Where Kansas City won on our turf. How to get through the parade and Godspeed to the individual who got shot at the parade and killed and what happened there. I obviously saw that from the road. It was horrific with that, much bigger than sports. What went on with that incident in Kansas City? You got to be kidding me. Can't we all just have a parade? Can't we celebrate and have a parade? And then we come back. Uh, Luke Getze had his press conference. I know Eddie Pascal sat down with him. We have a little bit of that sound. And now we jump into our off-season Raider content, which I love, but some people dread. And that's the focus of the monologue. As Bobby reminded me, reset the show, which Bobby's been doing this almost 30 years. There are people in radio now who have been doing this for 10 minutes. They don't know how to tease. They don't know how to build topics. They read off the teleprompters. They got clappers in the background. Everybody giggles over nothing, talks cheeseburgers. We need to reset the show. And let you know if you're a new listener to us, which we greatly appreciate, or you've been with us forever, as long as we are the show of record doing this now over 25 years, what we want to accomplish here in the Raider offseason. The Raider offseason is about content that is productive. And the monologue is brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. Best happy hour in town. Five to seven, midnight to two. Man, I had a couple of Maui blondes, which are beers. Yes, I have a blonde wife, but I had a couple of Maui blonde beers over there, and I was just thinking, man, this feels like a long board or a Maui blonde at PT's, which does an unbelievable happy hour. PT's fuels the monologue. So we can do one of two two different things, and we're not going to do the second. We can come in here and do a sports talk show every day based on the Raiders as the priority. We do that in this time slot. Four o'clock today, I'm on Mad Dog. There will be no Raider talk. Zero. As in zero. I won't mention the Raiders once. In a three-hour show, and this is a two-hour show. Why? Because there's no real news nationally on the Raiders today. So we are not forced to do two hours of Raiders content here, but a lot of our audience wants that. 
and we play to our advertisers, our partners, and our audience. But I'm not going all in on the draft like it's tomorrow. I'm not going all in on trading up and all this. Oh, my God, oh, my God, what are we going to do until that fits my calendar, which hopefully fits your calendar. But every day we have the ability to talk Raiders, and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about this time of year. Got it? That's the show. So if you got something on the Raiders that you think is really important, on a coach, on a hire, on the combine, on a combine grade, free agency, this player's not happy, this player's pissed off, oh my God, are they going to trade Devontae? Some guy on ESPN, hot take, said is going to get traded tomorrow. You could do whatever you want. I will not do that radio. I will not play down to the gutter of the national media that has nothing positive ever to say about the Raiders in the offseason instead of tearing the Raiders down, right? That's what they do. The national media tears the Raiders down. And look, sometimes the Raiders deserve it. If they miss the playoffs, if they don't get a player, if they if they cut a player ends up being good, if they miss on a quarterback, you have the right to go critical on the Raiders. But there's a lot of guessing because the insiders are not in Vegas. They're not in our building. They're speculating because they need clicks. We don't need clicks. I think we're really good. What we like here is advertisers and partners, not clicks. I can come in here every day and do clickbait and probably have a bigger show. But we want to keep the show because we want to keep everybody responsible on the topics and what is big and what is what is fake. And over the last couple of years, especially with the Raiders in Las Vegas, a lot of this has been fake. People speculating on coaches and the owner and the stadium and the attendance and this and that and just a lot of fake news. So we feel like we're at the front lines of the Raider Nation to tell you what we believe is pertinent, what's important. And as I put the show together today, as we landed last night at midnight, and my golf bags did come out on time, quick reminder for golfers, uh, don't golf in Hawaii. I mean, I love it. I love it. When, the, when it's blowing 35 miles an hour, and then the best day it's blowing 22 miles an hour, and you got to hit your ball to the left on purpose, 20 yards left of the green, and hope the wind will put it somewhere on the green. That isn't fun. That, that's not what the sport is all about. But it was good to get some good views and have some good trade wins and have some unbelievable sun and fun. But for the Raiders today, I wrote down today because I did a live, uh, we did Twitter last night at the airport. I said, hey, man, I'm going to be delayed 20 minutes. Let it fly. And the majority of people asked me, what do the Raiders need to do in the first round to get a quarterback? I said, oh, boy, here we go. Got to ask quarterback questions from the Raider Nation because the Raider fans want a quarterback. I'll say this again the entire offseason. I, JT the Brick, would like to trade into the top five and get a franchise quarterback. Again, splice it, take it out of contents. I'll say it again for the splicers out there, the YouTubers. I would like to trade up into the top five to get a marquee quarterback in the first round. I think most people agree with me. Now, I don't know if that's part of the plan. I've interviewed Tom Telesco. He's not going to tell anybody anything and tip his hand because he's the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's got a lot of juice. He's got a track record in the first round that's pretty good. His track record in the first round is a lot better than the men who were here before him that all came in with the same vision to go big in the first round. It's been almost a train wreck what's happened since this team has come to Vegas in the first round of the draft. Not with Max Crosby in the fourth round, not with some of the other players that are out there, 
But overall, when this team recently has had to pick in the first round, no bueno. Not good. I mean, not good at all. So I hope that Tyree Wilson turns out to be a stud. I actually like his freakish ability to be elite in this league. But he is someone that we have to park and wait to hear about his offseason development because last year he was drafted injured. He was drafted with a bum foot that had to be fixed. And I thought the Raiders handled him right. They got him healthy. They brought him along slowly. And then he played better as the season went on. Nice job. I think the Raiders did a nice job with Tyree Wilson. Other than that, the first round has been a struggle. Other than Josh Jacobs. Excuse me. If you go to Jonathan Abram. If you go to Damon Arnett. If you go to Clee Farrell. If you go to Henry Ruggs. Get that? It hasn't been good. It has set the franchise back via the draft. We could have hit two to three home runs in the first round that could have set up the franchise to be a perennial playoff team just with the draft alone. So that hasn't happened. Now it's going to happen because Tom Telesco's here, and he's a really sharp guy. He's a veteran GM. He has a history in the first round. So he will go out and make a really solid pick, I believe. If he needs to trade down because there's not a dance partner to get into the top five, I'm good with that. Wants to sit at 13 and take whoever he wants, I'm pretty confident he'll get a good player. But does he want to take a swing in year one as the GM and go big, big, big for Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams? Does he want to do that and mortgage the franchise via the draft, not financially? This team is doing incredible. I was around Mark Davis a lot during the Super Bowl, especially at a Super Jam concert that he put on. This franchise is doing amazing things historically, historically in Raider history and NFL history, financially. Don't tell me about any money. Stop. You sound stupid if you question the Raiders financially, any of you. We're all past that baby crap, right? Mark doesn't have any money. Mark's there. No, stop. You look stupid. You were wrong. He hit the biggest home run in relocation history. And his dad was a maverick at relocation. And Mark did something that no one's ever done in the league. Mark got the Raiders out of hell politically. Hell politically in Oakland. Just a dumpster fire politically. Not with the fans. Not with the stadium. Not with the dirt. Politically. He got us out of there, and now he brought us to utopia, financial freedom to compete with the best teams in the NFL, from the Cowboys to the fan-owned Packers to the number one media market, New York Giants and Jets. We're good. We we all got that now? Or am I going to have to deal with some dummies on Twitter that's saying, well, this is an owner that doesn't have enough money to go get a quarterback? We're not going to deal with that anymore, right? Good. Want to clear that up. So now the Raiders have got to step up to the batter's box, baseball analogy, and they got to start hitting some triples and home runs. No more base hits. Can't have a base hit. Max Crosby and Devontae Adams don't want base hits. They want to play in the Super Bowl. They watched the Super Bowl. They watched all this, and they were not happy watching Kansas City in their backyard. Fact, not fiction. So we got to hit a home run here in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, via the draft, via free agency. So, topic number one, every day on this show, when relevant, quarterback. This is not a knock on Aiden O'Connell. We got a great benefit with Aiden. We got an unbelievable, it's the Brock Purdy effect. Brock Purdy, they didn't have to pay anything, and they went to a Super Bowl and two NFC championship games with the kid back-to-back because they didn't pay him a million bucks. We got the same thing with Aiden O'Connell. Same exact thing. We know he can play. 
He's already played. He beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And he put up the franchise record 63, even though he didn't score all those points. Aiden O'Connell is good. He is solid. We have a quarterback in the building. The question now becomes, do you want a veteran like Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, someone who can come in and take this team to the playoffs year one? Year one because they're a veteran and they've already played in the playoffs. Cousins been in the playoffs. Baker's been in the playoffs. So we know that they can get you to the playoffs. Or do you want to go big with a young rookie stud, stud, and just park him? Park him and you got a new quarterback coach you'll all get to, a new offensive coordinator. They'll figure it out. They'll put him in there. I don't care if it's Bo Nix, Michael Penix, if it's Jaden Daniels, who everybody wants because he was invited to the one of the cigar parties. He was in the locker room. Whoever you want, you can go get, and we'll let that young man develop, probably behind Aiden O'Connell for a little bit, and then he'll be the franchise quarterback for like six, seven, eight years. That's, that's all I see. I see nothing else. That's it. I don't care about defensive tackle at 13 until the day of the draft. I don't care about right tackle at 13 until the day of the draft, if that's the point, because they can't get Jaden Daniels, they can't get Drake May, they can't get Caleb Williams, and all of a sudden Bo Nix is gone, and then you're going to tell me, well, we're going to go in a different direction. Great. We'll deal with it that day. Okay? We'll deal with that that day. Until then, we are on a quarterback hunt. We are going to deep parts of the world looking for a quarterback that can change this franchise because we've watched other quarterbacks in the division around the league change the face of a franchise. Case in point, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is not available. There's one quarterback who's better than Patrick Mahomes at the same age, Caleb Williams, better than Mahomes, clearly at the same age, Heisman Trophy winner, can do everything Mahomes did better in college. But we don't think we don't know if he's going to end up being Mahomes in the pros. We don't. So that's the guy, and I, I think it's highly unlikely Caleb Williams will be that pick, unless you give up three first round picks, two this year and one next year to go get him. Okay, so let's check that box. We good with Aiden O'Connell? Yes, we like Aiden. Are we good with a veteran quarterback? Absolutely. If Kirk Cousins is available. He's a Raider. I'm good with that. I, I would rather have a rookie stud in the first five picks. So check check. We're good there. Second topic. Second topic, which is important, free agency. That leads me to the Jimmy Garoppolo story as I was sitting on the beach in Maui watching whales, Bobby, literally jump. Been to Maui my whole – I've never seen whales out in the distance jumping out of the water, and my watch is going off, alerts Jimmy Garoppolo suspended for two games. I like Jimmy a lot. He bought me a shot of Casamigos at a hockey game once. He's a fine-looking man. The women in Summerlin swoon over him. Jimmy is a good guy. And as I told one of my buddies there, when he asked me about Jimmy, I go, did you notice when Jimmy got benched? I repeat, benched. He still had the captain on his chest. He's a captain. And he ran to the end zone when his teammates scored touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great guy. Great guy. Gets hurt a lot at quarterback. And his time with the Raiders obviously looks to be over. Because of this suspension, of two games next year, as I read Vinny's column and a couple of others, the Raiders will be rewarded <coughs> with more cap space. So they'll have more money. The Raiders will have more money to go out and get better players. And that money that they're going to save, the guaranteed money, now that they're not on the hook for it from Jimmy, they can obviously use that money to get whoever they want. And the cap numbers that are going to change when the Raiders are able to restructure deals, right? You could restructure a deal here or there. The number will change. The Raiders have plenty 
of cash. As the great philosopher Randy Moss once said, straight cash homie. They have plenty of money to get whoever they want at any position, including quarterback. So with all that being said, Maui throat, with all that being said, Raiders are good. They got a high draft pick of 13. They got money. They got a financially sound organization printing cash to go get players. Uh, Now the third topic is coaching. So with Luke Getze, we'll play some of that sound coming up here in a little bit. He had the press conference. I want to get into it. I didn't watch it live, but Bobby previewed some of the sound for me, and we'll get into that. And do they have the right coaches? Let me just tell you from being on Radio Row for a week and taking in a lot and consuming a lot of Raider content, Antonio Pierce went up and down Radio Row, went up and down every podcast, did some really unique podcasts, and told everybody how much he loves this organization team. He's a Raider. Nothing new to you and me, but that's big. So Antonio Pierce is completely primed, absolutely primed, to take this team to the next level. He's almost, he's not guaranteeing anything. He's no guarantees from Antonio Pierce, but he's looking every podcaster, big-time radio host, media member in the eye saying, I'm the guy, I'm taking these guys We are dogs. We are going to kick ass. We're going to be Raiders, and we're getting back to the Raiders that he was a kid watching. Straight out of Compton, we're going back hardcore. Outstanding. He met with the Black Hole. They gave him a jacket. Had some private conversations with the Black Hole about what he wants to do with the fans. He's great. He's the right guy at the right time for this job. Right guy, right time to get the Raiders back. Not to greatness. Not to greatness to the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs and get a home game or get to the playoffs and get out of the first round. So those are the three topics. Quarterback, free agency, and coaching. I got a toll-free number. I don't have six co-hosts. You can comment on any of those topics any day you want. And then, as Bobby said, we go heavier on the Golden Knights. I go more into the NBA. Today, Kurt Heelan, Basketball Talk, will join us coming off that trash NBA All-Star game, that garbage fest. My son, I didn't watch it. I go, how was it? He goes, oh, my God, Dad, maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. Woo. Damian Lillard got the MVP, the Kobe Bryant Award, because he was chucking up half-court shots that went in. A complete disgrace to the NBA on what Adam Silver's done with that All-Star game. Say goodbye to the Pro Bowl. Say goodbye to the NBA All-Star game. And then a little baseball free agency and all that other stuff. So we're going to be a sports talk show, and we're going to lead with the Raiders. And on days where we're not leading with the Raiders, it'll be evident why. There'll be breaking news, and there'll be something else happening in sports. I'm a big Daytona 500 guy. Uh, We got two NASCAR races here in Vegas. So whenever you want to jump in, 702-365-9200. We have the best fans in all sports calling this show. For over a quarter century, we hope that remains the same. Whenever you want to pick up the phone, join in the conversation. Go ahead and do it. 702-365-9200. As we get going here, we got a great live stream going on on YouTube. JT the Brick YT, where there's a lot of people already there. A lot of people already there in the chat going back and forth. And, uh, you know, just want to talk about coaches and Getsy and the quarterback position and Russell Wilson for a year or this or that. Whatever. I'll I'll look at the chat a little bit more than that. And that's it. Uh, My trip was pretty cool. Had a nice time in and out. Kind of dialed in over there. Got a couple friends with nice places on the beach. 
in the water a lot. I didn't look at the water. I got in the water. Water was amazing, fantastic, whale watching, cool nights out, uh, a lot of fun, uh, drinking uh, cervezas on the beach and having a good time. Uh, we needed that trip, and now we're back. A little bit gloomy in Vegas here, raining in California with our California audience that's out there. And the Raiders stuff is good. I think the Raiders are in what I believe is one of the best spots I, I can recall in quite some time, dating back to Reggie McKenzie, Mike Mayock, Dave Ziegler, all good guys, all really good guys who had a vision to make the Raiders great, and it didn't work out. Is it their fault? No, part of it is, but it's not, you know, you can't blame everything on the owner, the GM, the coach, this or that. There's a lot of issues circling around any sports organization in any major sport, but the Raiders have to get it right this time, and I think I think we're all on the same page. I really do. I think we're all on the same page that there's a good chance the Raiders could go big in the draft, which is important to us on this flagship station because we want to go big. Right? We want to have great times. We want to have big content. We want to have franchise quarterbacks. We want to make trades. We want to do great things here as fans because we want the product to be better there. So we're just hoping for a unique couple of months here as we then get ready long from now. I mean, I mean August. Uh, we get to training camp. We get to OTAs. We get to all of that. And we're pretty confident we'll have the guests and the content that you're accustomed to on this show. But it is a caller-driven show. I just gave you 25 minutes. I can go 45. I like to breathe. I like to pause, have a sip of water, and talk to a Raider fan, either in a chat or over the phones, who has something smarter to say than I do, which many do. More knowledgeable fans than me, I admit that. More passionate fans than me. Yeah, yeah, there's a number of them, but I, uh, I'm the gateway to getting everybody in here to let it rip. And if you want to let it rip on this Tuesday post-President's Day, we can let it rip, or we can just kind of cool the engines until we have something more that's significantly more. I think this Luke Getze press conference, from what I'm seeing when we come back, we'll get into some of that sound, and we'll talk about that and what you thought. That's a good topic for today. What do you think of the OC and his press conference? Dial the number on that. Are you good with that? Did you get what you want? Is it perfect? No. Do you like his vision and what Luke Getze had to say? We'll get to that on the other side. Justin Fields or not? Quarterback. Who's the quarterback? Everything's on the table here as we are brought to you by PTs. Head on out to happy hour, 5 to 7 or midnight to 2. Well, it starts with the mentality, right? And I think that that's, you know, when we talked about the vision, we, it, that starts as an offense. We, we're going to talk about play style as the very first part of this thing. And and I think that that's what was so exciting and why we connected so well because we're talking mentality and play style before we're talking about anything else. And we're going to play an exciting style of ball, and I think that that's what the Raiders have always been about, whether they how electric they've been on offense or how electric they've been on defense. Um, there's always been this cool thing about the Raiders and their style of play that I just connect to, the grittiness, the toughness, the nastiness. Uh, we're going to bring that, and I think that that was what, you know, what helped us connect so much. JT, back with you, brought to you by the... Great friends of ours at Resorts World. Uh, go to Resorts World, the Doghouse Saloon, 
You can watch everything there. It's not football season, but they have sports. It's an amazing sports bar, and the sports book is right there in the heart of Resorts World. Locals come right off the elevator, right downstairs. You'll see their great theater where the uh, Carrie Underwood plays right next to it, Doghouse Saloon, with all their special features for locals. Good to be back here. I hope everybody had a good President's Day holiday. If you're able to take the long weekend like I did, hope you took advantage of it and had a great time with family and friends. Uh, Luke Getze met the media. That was with him and Eddie Pascal. Uh, that is up now at Raiders.com. You can hear the full podcast and interview right there. And I think that's the, the important part of what he brings to this table now, a run-oriented offensive coordinator who understands that they're going to have to pass and be balanced pretty obvious no one's going to come in at their first press conference and tell you they're going to do one thing exclusively you want to be viable you want to have the ability to do multiple things and I think he understands that and I don't know Luke Getze never met him but I would assume he could test the water dip his toe in the water and understand that Raider fans want an explosive offense the Raider fans don't want a boring offense so he knows that already he knew that when he was interviewing he was in the interviewing process and Hopefully his best coordinating is ahead of him. If you had a chance to watch it, to listen to it, and if you want to talk about him, he's the priority today. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show. I've never got shut out in the first hour. We're pitching a shutout today. So wake up some Raider fans and get them going here. This is not an off-season podcast. This is a live radio show. We're talking about the offensive coordinator. And his press conference. So from the presser from Friday, his thoughts on the interview process with Antonio Pierce, how he got through that process. I had not uh, met AP uh, prior to that interview, Um, but it was evident, like I said, when I walked in and the energy, the enthusiasm that he brings to uh, to work every single day was just something I was I was attracted to right away and and you know as you talk about the vision of of the offense I mean it's listen it's all it, you always have to play into the players that that you have and your best players got to be the one shining on Sunday and so it's always about finding what everybody does best um, and and, and finding uh, you know cool and unique ways to emphasize those things each and every week and and we always we're, we're always going to start with talking about our play style and the mentality that we're going to bring I mean that's going to be evident I use that phrase I want you know we want as, a, as an offense we want everyone to feel our film we don't just want them to see it and like that's going to be a big part of it and I think that's where AP and I really hit off well he hit it off with someone he never met before which is interesting right doesn't know him and got through the interview process and f- was fired up about the energy of Antonio Pierce. I like what he said about feeling the film instead of looking at the film. To find a way to correct mistakes and and take it up a notch. Really important part of what he wants to try going forward. Now, what did he learn as a play caller in Chicago? There were people in Chicago, Chicago media, and Bears fans that were critical of his style of calling an offense. Here's what he said. Yeah, I mean, experience is is like the the best thing you can get, right? We talk about with quarterbacks all the time. Like you get on that game film, there's nothing like it, and that game experience gives you gives you the most to grow from. And it's the same thing with me. You know, every game got a, you know, I found my my way. I found my way to get through the process a little bit cleaner each and every week. And and uh, from season one to season two, and the way that we were able to, you know, help those guys, you know, in season two, the guys like DJ and Cole have the best seasons of their career. Like that was that's something. And that was a really cool thing that we were able to do and and uh, continue to grow there and, and and like it's always about getting better every single day right so whether it's in the in the um, 
upstairs as, as an offensive staff or whether it's when you're with your players, everything is always about getting better every single day and, and being able to stick to that and, and, and hold true to that was something that I was really proud of. Yeah, and he's proud of what he did there in Chicago. A lot of other people in Chicago were not happy with it because of the quarterback, Justin Fields. He didn't explode. He didn't pop. He had good games. I mean, he beat the Raiders in Vegas. I watched the guy play. He could play. He could run. I like him. I'm fine with Justin Fields. I am. I'm fine with him. I don't think he's going to end up here, but I think he's got tremendous upside. And he's tied to him. That's the guy who was calling plays for him. There were good days, and there were bad days. One more on Devontae Adams in the offense here. Devontae is going to be a big topic this offseason as members of the media based out of Bristol and L.A. are going to try to stir the pot on a potential trade. Yeah, I mean that, that's you know Devonte entered the world in in, uh, in Green Bay that that was how I was raised in this business you know in, in that Mike McCarthy West Coast style and and obviously there's the, the West Coast is a general term now there's all, there's all these different flavors of it that that everyone has kind of taken run with and, and and I think we'll have our own as well and uh, but when you're working with a guy like Devonte I walked into a room as a young receivers coach and. And, um, you know, was really able to connect to him really, uh, quickly. You know, I saw, you know, he's in the middle of a room with the, uh, with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, who have, who had, or, you know, at the, at the peaks of their career and accomplishing all these things and, and, uh, had been to Pro Bowls and, and Devontae, you know, he, he aspired to do that and more. And, and we were able to connect really well. And we, our relationship was such that, you know, I walked in, I'm a quarterback guy walking into the receiver room. And hopefully those guys felt that I kind of brought that element to that room. So hopefully they're, you know, bringing that football IQ up a different way, even the quarterback, you know, through the quarterback's eyes, I think is really important. And I think that, you know, you're talking about one of the most, like spatial aware people I've ever been around and pe- someone who's able to take information and make the most of it. And, that, and, that, and that's Tay. Like, so, you know, that 16 season was really kind of the beginning of when he was ready to take off as a pro. So that's the connection that Luke Getze has with Devontae. It's a deep one in the receiver room as a coach as he was starting his career and getting going in his career with Devontae. Really important part of that press conference I wanted to hear. It's got to be big. It's got to be big because – I think Devontae had to be involved at some level in that decision, at least the conversation about the hire, because you want Devontae to be happy and you want Devontae to flourish under Luke Etsy. If Devontae didn't want him there and had no interest, we would have heard about it or someone would have leaked something. That's an important part of that first press conference. A lot more sound coming up on Luke Getze, the new offensive coordinator for the Raiders, and your calls on what you think he needs to do quickly to establish this offense as one of the best offenses in football. Nothing disappointed me more. Nothing disappointed me more last year than the Raiders' offense. I'll say it again. I cannot believe that the former head coach, who has a doctorate MBA in offense, and the Super Bowl rings couldn't get that offense going. Shocking to me. You can blame the Garoppolo injury. You can blame the play calling. You can blame whatever you want. Lack of motion. The running game. The, the running back held out. He didn't hit the ground running quickly. Whatever you want to do, been there, done that. I am shocked that the Raiders' offense was a liability for most of the season. Liability. And you got great offensive players. Great. And couldn't do anything. Defense had to bail them out all year. Defense of the Raiders was the shining part of last year, not the offense. Really? Josh McDaniels calling plays, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, the leading rusher, Colton Miller. 
Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and, and they couldn't they could barely stay on the field on offense all year long. How the hell did that happen? I mean, it's shocking what happened when you think about what was established in the preseason and what the offense could have been. That can't happen anymore. No way. It, it wasn't rock bottom because the offense had a couple of big games and some good performances, but overall, overall, not impressed with the offense. So that's why I'm excited. Whoever they brought in, if it was Cliff Kingsbury, Luke Getze, those were the two choices. If Getze was the second choice, who cares? He's the guy now. He's got the business card. He's got the Raider gear on. Raider Jay in Monterey. Uh, you're up first, Jay. Good to hear from you. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call, brother. As always, I, I respect you. I appreciate you getting me in. Hey, man, just a quick tick. You just did that culinary roundup out there in Vegas, and we're getting ready to do our own here at the conference center in Monterey over here. We've got more than 50 restaurants and wineries representing on the 25th our culinary roundup for our nonprofit, Rancho Cielo youth campus out here in the mm-hmm. central coast hey listen jay I, I i echo your sentiments on the offense last year you knew you knew going in that mcdaniels was going to use those tools all those weapons that returning offensively and our offense was going to kick much ass and to see it limp along so ineptly it, it, there was there was no heat it was tepid at best throughout the season how do we not have a running game how do you not get the ball to divide Hunter and the best free agent signing that people hated was Jacoby Myers. He's the key. To believe Jacoby is going to be a pivotal piece in our success coming up this year, um, and it was incredibly frustrating to watch that offense. But you know that's in the, that's in the past. We have a bunch of excitement, a bunch of reasons to be excited coming up. You want to talk about Luke Getzey? Listen, nothing against Bo Hardegree, but he's not Luke Getzey. Luke knows what he's doing. He didn't get Justin Fields rolling. Justin Fields has his own skill set and his own challenges and learning curve. What we need to look at here is that he knows Devontae. Devontae knows him. There's an existing relationship and it's copacetic. He, he scouted Aiden. Listen, I'm like, I'm with Big Link all day and you as well. You, Aiden is a serviceable quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's your best case scenario, but you don't need to teach him accuracy. You give Aiden another second and a half of decision making time, and how different is our is our how different is our year last year? Um, and so moving forward, he knows who Aiden is. He knows who Devontae is. We got a running game. We got ten extra million or eleven extra million Garoppolo dollars mm-hmm. to make Josh Jacobs happen. We got a, a sh- just I was going to say a bad word, a bunch of money to spend, and we got a, We got a guy who is a proven evaluator of talent to build our roster this year mm-hmm. we're finally i anticipate gonna have a guy making good picks we're not gonna pick jihad ward right we're not gonna let derwin go by we're not gonna hey bless clee farrell's heart love that kid we're not taking clee at four moving forward mm-hmm. so what you have here now is uh, a gm who knows what the hell he's doing you got a coach who knows the players has the pulse everybody he talks to right. i just watched the super bowl lineup with you with uh yeah, I mean, with oc and every former player that talks about AP talks about he's a dog and he's smart. And we've seen it. We've mm-hmm. seen it. We know he's a baller. So there's lots of reasons to be excited about Getsy coming in. There's lots of reason to think that we're going to have – if we go forward with Aiden O'Connell, it's going to be okay. Get that kid another couple ticks per rep and let him, mm-hmm. let him throw, make better decisions and stack that defense, make it monstrous. If, if the Muppet King is looking straight up at the ceiling of Allegiant, he's not working his magic. You know what I'm saying? What was yep. it Jack said? 
Jack Jones said, get to the quarterback and the magic show's over, right? Or some, something Right. Jay, line. I got to run. I got to wrap it up. I appreciate right, it, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the get call. Get some ratings. Yeah. Uh, you're right about that, uh, building up the defense and bolstering the defense and making it even better is pretty good. I, I think the defense has two starting safeties if they come back, and they should. Merrigan Epps, reload with them. Jack Jones is a starter. Obviously, Jacorian Bennett is a starter. He was drafted as a starter, played as a starter to start the season off. You know, he didn't have a great year the entire year, but showed some speed and some signs. Nate Hobbs, a better player than when he was drafted. Good to have. Max, Malcolm Kuntz. You know, he needs some defensive tackles. That's another big mistake around here lately. Bringing in defensive tackles who don't dress on game day. Don't draft the defensive tackle that's not going to dress on game day. Okay? Forget about defensive tackle. Go get one in free agency. Go get one. Because I don't want to see another defensive tackle get drafted here who's not going to dress on game day. This is not the show of the practice squad. We are not the show of the practice squad. They're Raiders. We love them. We don't want to develop players on the practice squad and hope they can play defensive tackle. We need some dogs. That's why the veterans who have played here in the, in the, in the last couple of years have been upper tier on the back end of their career, good, solid veteran defensive tackles because we haven't been able to draft them. And you might have to move Tyree Wilson inside if Kuntz is that big of a stud and that much better than him and have some type of rotation. Put some, put some weight on him and line him up on pass rushing downs there. But definitely something we'll get into. Appreciate the call. Raider 66, our historian, checks in here. What's happening? Hey, JT. How you doing? Good, buddy. Uh, love, see, love seeing some of the uh, shots that you posted on uh, on X. That was really something. Wish I would have been there. Thanks, man. But, uh, yeah, really quick. I know, I know you either uh, got a break coming up. Mm. But, you know, I don't know Luke Getzey. I didn't watch a whole lot of Bears games. But I did see them when they played the Raiders. And... That was with the Division Three undrafted quarterback, and they lit it up. If he, he's, he was in the, the building. He was involved in the Packers passing game. He was involved with Devontae. That is all positives to me. I hear people running down the, the choice, but I think this guy can really do the job. What we need to do now, obviously, is uh, find that centerpiece for his offense, that quarterback, that trigger man, they can put this all together, and and I agree with you. the The biggest disappointment last year was the Raider offense. I think our game plan sometimes was better than the defensive coordinators what they put together against us. We stopped ourselves so much. We've got talent on this offense. We need to put it together and implement it and get back to Raider football. And those guys that are not dressing on game day, I don't think AP is going to stand for that. They won't be long for the business. Thanks for the time, JT. You have a great day. Yeah, thank you. And look, whoever AP wants around here, the competition level is really high once he took over as the head coach from the interim head coach. He was very high when he was an interim head coach. I mean, it was like get, in, get here or get out of the building if you don't want to play. The last game of the year, everybody played their ass off. We're, we're fine with Antonio Pierce. Scott Marvin Lewis saw what he did with Tom Coughlin when he needed – a little bit of help if he wanted someone to help consult with. He's fine. Antonio Pierce is fine. Is he as experienced as Sean Payton? No. Jim Harbaugh? No. He's not as experienced as Andy Reid. He'll have the team ready to play. It's going to be the job of Patrick Graham and Luke Getze to have both sides of the ball peaking at its best, and Tom Telesco has got to get a couple better players here. Tom Telesco doesn't have to get eight players. What Tom Telesco needs to do is get a quarterback, if he can, 
franchise quarterback, if available, and then I get a couple of starters. And those first couple of picks in the draft have to, have to come in and be impact starters. And then I expect two free agents, two free agent starters, one on the offensive line and then wherever you want. You want to put in another linebacker, you want to put in someone else, someone else, uh, you know, any position you want, I'm good with. But get, get two starters in here, starters as free agents, and get two starters from the draft. Those are four new players starting on the field most of the time. With what the Raiders have already, I think it's a pretty good roster. Raiders have what I believe currently is a playoff roster. Playoff roster. But do you take a step back by taking a young quarterback that you got to park and develop and let Aiden go? Or do you get a veteran who could take this playoff roster, which will be tweaked to the playoffs? Modelo, the number one beer in America. And you better believe I had some cold Modellos on the beach in Kihei. Modelo, proud partner of our show. A.J. Cole booms one to Davis, backing up to the 12, down the near sideline. Cuts the field 20, trying to back balls up, out. and the ball's out again! D.J. Turner stripped it from him, and the Raiders have it at the 15! Turner knocked it out and recovered it for the silver and black. Jason Horowitz on the call. J.T. back on the mainland after a little quick trip to Maui. For President's Day weekend, and we are rolling here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino from the Raiders Tavern and Grill to the pool, where we were out there for the Dick Jaws Cigar Party. To all their great activations for everybody on the Henderson side of town, you know about it, everybody else from out of town, come to the M Resort. It's the official hotel of the Silver and Black. So we're focusing today on the Luke Getze press conference Bobby, if we can get to this one on what he knows from a run-first balance, 48 here. This is an interesting bite because a lot of Raider fans are concerned, will they be become a run-heavy offense under Luke Getze? No, you know, hey, we're all about winning here, right? That's whatever it takes to win. And 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 whether that's some weeks you got to run it more and some weeks you got to throw it more, whatever it takes. I think it's all about playing into the players that you have and, uh, you know, trying to get them to do the things that they do really well. And so whatever that looks like, we'll, we'll find out here this fall. But that, we'll take this off season to go ahead and figure out exactly what that is. Uh, that's a great answer. That's a 10 out of 10. And he was prepped for that. you got to go into a Raiders press conference saying – we're going to be balanced, and we're not going to be heavy, heavy, heavy run. You cannot tip your hand early on. Now, do I believe the Raiders will run more than throw? Yeah. Yeah, I have a track record of Luke Etsy in Chicago, but I know that he loves the pass with Devontae. And depending on what's going to happen with the quarterback, if he's got to roll out Aiden O'Connell or Jaden Daniels, a rookie who's never played in the NFL, I would assume they're going to run it more so than throw it until they figure it out. If they bring in someone like Kirk Cousins, or a veteran, or if a veteran comes in and they believe that's the best chance to win now, then maybe they'll throw it more because they got a veteran they trust in the system here. How big of an install do you need of an offense, a brand-new offense? Josh McDaniels and John Gruden. Let's not forget Coach Gruden. Their offenses were very complex, very detailed, expansive. Took a lot out of people to look at that playbook. Really did. Not many people that are still left on offense that made it through the Gruden-Josh McDaniels run, but those who are left, I would hope the playbook would be simplified. 
and be easy to learn and hit the ground running. The last thing we want is Devontae to learn a completely different playbook. But I would think Luke Getze would have a lot of tendencies from what he said. Mike McCarthy's offense and the West Coast offense that he learned under in Green Bay. Raider O is in San Diego. What's going on, O? Hey, what's up, JT? I uh, hope you had an awesome time in Maui, Thanks, one man. of my favorite places on earth. Uh, I just want to send a lot of good vibes to the KC community. Like you said, what happened out there mm. was terrible. I'm a family man. It's got no place on earth, you know, so uh, sure. sorry about what happened. Uh, I wanted to talk about the quarterback and uh, Coach Getze. We have to draft quarterback. You know, we. Mm. it feels like just yesterday was last season, and I was talking to you about how our uh, poor history with first-round picks um, you know, since Rich Gannon walked off the field, we sh- should have been trying to get our franchise quarterback through the draft and develop them. We've tried to draft just about everywhere else. And even when we've been able to somewhat hit, whether it was Josh Jacobs, Khalil Mack, Darren McFadden, Amari Cooper, these guys have never put us all the way over the top, ultimately because we don't have the most important player, the most important position. Um, you know, I feel like we've had bad luck sometimes when we've had the top pick or a third pick, the talent wasn't there, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember um, us drafting our pick or trading our pick to Miami. Didn't really get much for it. So now we're somewhat in striking distance. We got a new GM with a history of hitting. I say we go for it. I'm fully with you. Let's try to get the best quarterback we can. Coach Getze, um, I think he's got the history with Devontae, and we need to have Devontae operating like he did in our first season with us and even better than that. And so that's mm-hmm. a huge key for me. Getting the tight end involved, I've been calling for it. You've been calling for it. I believe that we're going to see more out of Michael Mayer. We might be able to add more talent in that position as well. And then in the run game, you want to hope that that's going to add up to us needing to run the clock out in the end, us um, being able to extend drives and and continue to just eat clock and and win once we've built Mm -hmm. the lead through those big passes and play off the play action. He's shown a history of doing that. So I'm looking forward to the season. And uh, feel really good about the, the direction of the team, mm-hmm. and uh, let's hope it works out. Thanks, Thank JT. you. That, that good to hear from you. Here, it sounds like yeah, he's got his head wrapped around the issues of what needs to happen. What needs to happen is a quarterback. Uh, Greg's Randall on the YouTube live says JT, the quarterback decision is paramount to compete with Kansas City in the top AFC and NFC teams that have top signal callers. Team also needs to build up the middle on both lines. Perhaps another cornerback. We can make some real noise in 2024. I would agree. I think the guard center position is okay. Defensive tackle needs to be improved on. A lot of improvement needs to be made, but the core players on this team, as I'll keep reminding you, is a playoff roster. Playoff roster that we know is going to get better in free agency with the Jimmy G money that just became available and the draft equity that they have. How much draft equity needs to be given up to move up to get a star quarterback? That'll be the main topic this offseason on the flagship of the Silver and Black.